Harvey and I sit on the bars and have a drink or two, play the jukebox. And soon the faces of all, all the other people, they turn toward mine and they smile. And they're saying, we, we don't know your name, mister, but you're a very nice fellow. Harvey and I warm ourselves in all these golden moments. We've entered as strangers. Soon we have friends. And they come over and they, they sit with us. They drink with us. They talk to us. They tell about the big, terrible things they've done and the big, wonderful things they'll do. Their hopes and their regrets, their loves and their hates, all very large because nobody ever brings anything small into a bar. And then I introduce them to Harvey and he's bigger and grander than anything they offer me. And, and when they leave, they leave impressed. The same people seldom come back, but that's, that's envy, my dear. There's a little bit of envy on the best of us. That's too bad, isn't it? Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And today, for our first episode, we're going to talk about Harvey, the 1950 film starring James Stewart. Uh, was this your first time watching this film, Mike? Yes and no. Not to be like that, but where this has, uh, I don't know, I guess I would call it family-friendly-ish. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to yeah. to view it from 2020 eyes, but I have like vague memories of my grandparents putting it on. Like, oh, you kids like movies. It's time yeah. for you to watch Harvey. You've been alive for four years. <laughs> now get Harvey <laughs> under your belt, which may have been a little early, but it's one of those things where it's like key moments. Like it's it's really deep back there. But uh, uh, no, I would say this is probably my first proper one. Certainly my first time as an adult. So yeah, first appropriate viewing i guess or maybe inappropriate maybe it was more appropriate when i was four <laughs> well the the aunt vita character uh she she condemns you know all the sex talk that happens in those uh psychiatric uh, um settings so yeah i would say it's family friendly because you got somebody you know standing up for the family friendly uh viewers this is actually oh gosh i would say i've seen this film a few times before but my first ever introduction to harvey was actually a play uh, 
I'm in Northern Virginia, and the Northern Virginia Community College players several years ago uh, put on a production of Harvey, and a good friend of mine, uh, Matthew, who provides the music for our wonderful show here. Go. Supporting he decided, the arts, yeah. Webb. You're a good egg. Absolutely. <laughs> well, he's the one who's the good egg. I just follow along oh, this and, is and not take the a little arts. bit of credit. You might want to inform him of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he took me to the play, and it was a wonderful experience because he's a, we were both big Jimmy Stewart fans, and I was starting to uh, watch Jimmy Stewart films outside of Hitchcock, and uh, this was one of the first ones, I believe, uh, and so I'm ex- I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was like, well, the actor playing the Jimmy Stewart role is just going to do a big Jimmy impression the whole time, right? Which Thankfully, he didn't. Would be incredibly distracting, so, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um and I had a wonderful time. I thought it was a wonderful play. And actually, the actress who plays um, uh, the Myrtle May character of the Northern Virginia Community College players, that actress took the role and really kind of spiced it up and made it a little less family friendly. So she, I, I felt like she was constantly very aroused throughout the film and it made the the character and the performance that much more interesting to watch so now when i watch the film this the actress who plays uh uh, myrtle may uh, victoria horn like she does a great job and nothing against her but i kind of like the slutty myrtle may that i first (laughs) well then okay (laughs) i first (laughs) fell in love with from from uh the play i i can see uh you know there's some there's an explanation for some of the uh, the text messages i was receiving from you earlier today as you were preparing (laughs) me for the launch of this podcast with harvey uh looking up the i guess the pinup status of uh you know the the sexy nurse here and uh, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. Actually, you were doing a lot right by educating me on, <laughs> <laughs> on these matters from from 1950. Uh, I, I had some reservations about this because you know you want to start this project with something very positive, and I think it's a failing on my part that my comfort food doesn't tend to be very positive films with positive characters. Now I can, you know, I can go to a rom com, which you know I like. Both of us like that genre. But rom-coms, generally, the characters are fairly bad people, or they're in very very stressful situations where they cause stress to other people, and it all works out in the end. But someone like Jimmy Stewart's character here, who cannot be denied his outlook on life. And I mean, that's the premise of the film, is everyone basically trying to pull him back to reality when it seems like they are the ones that have problems like if you're if you're just an outside observer here if you're an alien watching this film and you're looking at humanity on on or at least this version of humanity you want to be Stuart. you want to share his outlook of the world and yes he may have a drinking problem i think (laughs) (laughs) some of the mugging he does in the film when he's being asked directly how often do you drink like yeah everyone every man you know deserves one every now and then and he's yeah the numbers are going around in his head but, you know, certainly his family, um, I'd say, what, the first 15 minutes are them basically talking about this uncle character that, you know, th- is this big black sheep problem. Not very likable. Like, I, I, you know, the film, even before you meet the guy, you're kind of on his side, no matter what he's about to do with this invisible friend of his, this rabbit. Right. 
you don't want to be that, right? And I, I kind of reverted back to my childhood where it's like you would pick up on that, where it's like, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but he seems to have it together. These people don't. And that's what's really funny is like he's an alcoholic. He's constantly hallucinating. <laughs> but because it's Jimmy Stewart, it's like you just go with it and you just want to root for him the entire time. And no matter how sane everyone else appears to be, like they're very grounded in reality and he's not. And 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 what's interesting is I think outside of the hour, the couple hours that you're watching the film, we're 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 everybody else. We're the aunt and, and we're Myrtle May and 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 Wilson. We're we're all of those individuals. But during the the hours, the runtime of this film, we really are Elwood. And I think that speaks to um, the performance and that speaks to the the Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writing that's happening here. Well, also, it speaks to these characters who are attempting to control a man who they they fear is out of touch with with reality, Uh, although he's not doing any direct harm to anyone, maybe causing some mild embarrassment for them it seems to be like right they, they kind of introduced this thing in the first uh 10 15 minutes where he's uh i guess this is no longer a family friendly show because you've decided to sex up the joint to talk <laughs> early on with your your virginia theater scene which is just like eyes wide shut productions of, <laughs> of <laughs> you know, family classics but um you know they're 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 speaking of him as if he's the world's biggest cock block for his, for his family. <laughs> and I, they're not, I guess the most damning thing about them and the other characters, even in the, uh, the medical community, if you want to call it that, I don't know. You're getting into some dicey pseudoscience as far as how we, you know, perceived and treated mental health issues back then, which was basically lock people up and well, give yeah, them. 19- <laughs> Give them a bath, right. which I don't know. Maybe it was a, a spa day. <laughs> maybe it was better. I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that is what. It, and, and then the. Uh, yeah, you know, I just watched Shutter Island, which is like oh, a, the exact opposite of Harvey, <laughs> and, and Ben King's talks quite a bit about the of uh, of the mental and psychiatric field, and essentially it's like the the knee jerk reaction to lobotomize them and send them into the corner as they, you know, play with their feces. And I'm glad that's not where Harvey goes. I also just <laughs> want to let our listeners know, uh, spoiler alert, they may be glad to know that Shutter Island will not be the follow up in whatever thematic trilogy <laughs> yes. about mental health in film. But we're not doing that. The the main uh, sort of like damning evidence against all the other characters that are are not James Stewart and his uh, imaginary friend is their their lack of perception about themselves, about him, about how they treat one another. Like you have this, you know, I'm going back to my sort of rom com stuff that I like. 
you have this great sequence where they, they you know they, there's been a lot of um confusion sort of that like madcap comedy where uh the sister that's trying to uh get this man air quotes here some help which is also just like get yeah. him away remove him from our lives uh make him someone else's problem uh she is committed instead of him to the the spa day uh, and so the, you know, the, the doctor and the nurse, uh, have to go out and find this man and they find him in a bar, which he's, he's well known course, for. Obviously. And he's the one that sets them up is like, you know, it'd be great. Some dancing right now. I don't dance, but you two should dance. How is it that this man that talks to this, you know, uh, I think they say six foot three rabbit. Six foot three and a half, I believe. Yeah. Be- it's got to be taller than that, the way Jimmy Stewart is looking up. Jimmy like, Stewart it's, 6'4". It's, it's like, you know, <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain is the rabbit here. You know, it's towering over him. Uh, how is it that it takes this man to to recognize instantly with two strangers that there's chemistry and that there's something that they should, like, they should connect in a way that they're somehow refusing to? That That's what I really gravitate towards this time with the film as an adult was uh, this guy – seems to have himself figured out to make himself happy. So it makes him more open to the deficiencies in other people and there's their sadness and their longing, which is, is strange, but it was, it was very, very touching. I'm glad it deviated a little bit from that madcap comedy of just like this, you know, the wrong man type pursuit. Yes. The, um, the line that always stuck with me, uh, any time I've watched this film and is uh, towards the end when he says, you know, my, uh, the mother is his mother. He's like, well, my mother used to say you can either be, I think, successful or you can be happy. Like I was successful and I prefer happy. Uh, did at any point in the film, did you ever want more background information on Elwood and what he did and what caused him to become essentially like a booze hound? Hmm. No, I guess not. I mean, that could be, I guess, dangerous with modern eyes that we're, that we're saying that guy, the the guy that goes to the, the bottle all the time, he's got it. He's got all together. What is he? What is he masking? Not only with this uh, possible imaginary friend, but you know the the fact that he goes to booze and he has another bit of dialogue where he's uh, he says no one comes into a bar with anything small. Like it's like like people are there to like open up and talk about like big problems, big issues or, you know, and, um, I don't know what kind of bars he's, he's been in. I feel like a lot of times people do come in with very small, petty grievances and maybe they make them out to be bigger. But yet again, he's a much nicer guy than me. What do I know? Um, I mean, he's inviting ex convicts. He's yeah, why don't you come over to our house, uh, for every, he invites everybody to this grand feast that's about to happen the the following day this is a little bit off the uh you know i I didn't think we would get into this necessarily um as far as talking about how this one ages because i think it's it's an established classic but Mm -hmm. i went on that note uh when you said that i'm like oh wow how how does this elwood character how is he perceived in modern culture where where people like want to ghost (laughs) quite frequently and don't don't put them on the spot constantly with dinner plans and things like he he is so open and earnest i could see it being incredibly off-putting in a modern sensibility which uh has this been remade has this had a modern update possibly a tv version uh it's i think there's a uh online said like a 1996 film 
there's, there might be a remake, but I did read that there was going to be a Steven Spielberg remake with Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. And I think that's interesting, but I, in all honesty, like I, maybe maybe you will agree with me here, but I think the natural progression, the modern day Jimmy Stewart has to be Tom Hanks. Like you can't, like no one is anti Tom Hanks. I don't think I've ever met anybody. Well, I've got a, I've got a coworker who is very right wing oriented, who is not a huge Tom Hanks fan because of his political stance. But even he admits to like um, certain things like, Band of Brothers or or this new uh, Greyhound movie that's that's upcoming. He's like, oh, I'm all about it, even though Tom Hanks is in it, which is always <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I mean, yeah, I didn't know Tom Hanks was some sort of uh, political firebrand either. Um, right. You know, go Sean he's Penn, an established American treasure. <laughs> Matt Damon, go play the hits, play the lefty hits. What are you doing? Going down the list of Tom <laughs> Hanks for your hate. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, yeah, that would. I, I guess you're saying that the, the terminal is not the modern Harvey. It's, yeah. <laughs> it didn't do it for you with Spielberg and, and Hanks. Uh, but, you know, I just had genuine, I guess, concerns. And I, I don't know how this one has has aged. I, I think people would get a Harvey reference as far as when you, yeah. you're talking about an imaginary yeah. friend or the rabbit. But I, I don't know um, if this one has has stuck around uh, as its own thing, as a, as a piece of entertainment for about an hour 40, um, which in some regards made me sad, but uh, I also wonder if 2020 doesn't deserve Harvey. Like, keep your, <laughs> keep your grubby mitts away from it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, among the, the remakes that I read about, like the, some people envision this as, as an Adam Sandler oh, comedy remake, which... I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Um, but you do, and you, you mentioned, I mean, you said imaginary friend, which is actually, which brings up an interesting point. Is Harvey imaginary? This film does delve into a little bit of the supernatural. I mean, there's a scene where he's explaining to, um, oh, what's the doctor's name here? Uh, uh, Chumley. He, he explains that somehow Harvey has found a way to transcend time and space and science, and he can stop time, and he can time travel, he can physically travel you to wherever you want to go. So, and then you have... And the guy where... wants to go to Akron? That's where he wants to... <laughs> you, get, you get these powers, and you want to go to Ohio? <laughs> Anything to get me away from my horrible life. <laughs> <laughs> but you have you have scenes where doors open and and i i can't i tried to see i, I hate doing this because i don't want to poke plot holes in there we go here come the grubby 2020 hands on this <laughs> this classic is is you know harvey real or not and, and i was like well maybe you only see doors open through when elwood's on screen so there's like an explanation but no that's not true there's a scene where chumley is running away from harvey for some reason and the door opens and and the guard the door like the, that handle the automatic one that that turns by itself so i do wonder um is that a big issue for you at all did you ever once throughout the film be like i'm worried i need an answer is hmm. is, is harvey because he gets his own credit at the end i i would go the other way i would say i was probably more concerned that the film would uh overly explain the uh the, the Harvey persona being whatever whatever he is because I uh, you know I mentioned earlier the maybe the dangers of glorifying 
alcohol abuse here. Even, <laughs> even if that right. seems like a swell time. Uh, but I, I was far more comfortable with uh, a, a man who is battling some sort of demons in a way, and his his only way out is through this uh, positivity, this sheer force of will to try to befriend other people and try try to get to know them, no matter like where they are. Like you mentioned the the, the convicts earlier, like, and he's talking to someone that even says like, I don't think your sister would want me around because of my past. And, right. you know, I, I, I didn't want, I definitely did not want a scene where you know, Jimmy Stewart's just <laughs> kind of gets this far off look in his eyes. Like I've got a past. Too. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was always a little scared that we were kind of, we we're going to lose that bit of, uh, that, uh, the flights of fancy, I guess, of the character. And, I think they 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 sort of manage it. They navigate it in a way um, where, yeah, they 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 do call into question, like, well, maybe this is some sort of you know force from another dimension or some sort of spirit that can you know help those in need. That has this very uh, you know like an angel or you know uh, another classic that maybe would appeal more to your co-worker of conservative leanings, uh, Tim Allen's Santa Claus, you know, goes through the rules of how Santa Claus can be everywhere and, and get around. Um, kind of glad we didn't go that direction. I don't, I don't think that's a hot take to say I'm glad Harvey is not closer to Disney's the Santa Claus. That's where I stand though, Web. <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, this current viewing, because it wasn't my first, there was a little bit of the magic that was gone I think, um, and not all of it had to do with with uh, um, the less mature um, <laughs> niece of the film. Uh, there's just a little bit. Uh, uh, you're right. Maybe maybe because I am more grown up and I've got a mortgage and a kid to take care of. It's like I wish I could be as fancy free mm. as Elwood would start to get on your nerves uh, a little bit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't want to say that because the, he's just so charming. I didn't want I don't want to say that at all. Uh but it it did strike me as a little like wow, like I, what a life that would be, you know? Um there, there's just there's just no way uh, uh that I could ever envision I guess giving up the supposed success that Elwood did because a couple of characters do talk about it where he's like, I, I, you know, uh, he could have been anything. He could have been much greater than what he is now. And so wasting is, it's like, I, I guess I just have too many responsibilities in my life. You know, like I, I, maybe I envied him a bit. Maybe that's why this viewing wasn't the magic that maybe all the others were. Maybe it's allowing the rest of us to uh, off off the hook from being a nice, gregarious, open person because you have to have a lot of time <laughs> to listen to everyone's story, to, to invite them over for a drink. Uh, you have to have you know uh, iron guts to, to be able to pound away all day long, and uh, you know you're ordering for two. With uh, you know Harvey not pulling hey, his weight, that's that's a good that's a good point. We do never see what happens to those second glasses. Again, I, I don't I want have, to get into plot I have, holes. I have but... assumptions. <laughs> 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 I think Elwood's looking around, to see if anyone's watching. <laughs> not to get you know to leaving Las Vegas here, but yeah, I think Elwood knows what's up. He knows what he's doing, and maybe there's you know there's a uh, honor among. Uh, I, I guess uh, uh, barkeep 
uh, and his patrons that you know you look away and so you give enough time for for privacy for a man to enjoy a drink with his imaginary rabbit friend or not so imaginary. I don't know. You know the, the bar is also it's good it's good business for them to be very accepting of their patrons and yeah. I'm glad we didn't have that scene where where it's it's a really drunk Elwood. You're really putting a boy in an eye harp. and he just falls. Credits. Or him getting into a dispute, an argument with Harvey, you know, some sort of domestic squabble between the two. Yeah, that's it's nice. It, yep, the the line that you uh, were referring to there, where he he chooses to be pleasant. I, I think you have to choose to be pleasant when you're watching Harvey as well. I, I can't. I'm not going to say the film is great enough that you're in a terrible mood or you're in a bad place. That's going to, you know, and maybe that's the wrong point in your life to watch Harvey as a pick me up. But I think if you're, you know, if you're, if you're willing, if you're willing to sit down and, uh, and, uh, have Elwood make you forget about your mortgage and your real problems web, <laughs> you may have a good time with it. <laughs> 